Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author. We talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's a true thing. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and writing life. Yes, that's right. All kinds of stuff. Oh, my good friend R.J. Jeffries has a wonderful piece in there. Now, uh, I highly recommend you check out about how writing and reading sort of redeemed his childhood. Beautiful. And, uh, well, my conversation with the uh, – we've got video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with uh, Bruce Van Dusen, the commercial director. He's up there. In fact, his book, uh, 60 Stories About 30 Seconds, that just came out finally. I interviewed him before it was released. That's just out. And as is, actually, Cecilia Aragon, the uh, pilot memoirist. Remember her? We had her on the show a few weeks back. Her book just came out. So, you know, anyway, all kinds of interviews. Uh, check it out at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the people over at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from Penda Publications since 1955. And, uh, well, the conference, their virtual conference this year, it's coming up this weekend. I will be participating in it. I will be having a conversation live on Saturday afternoon with the wonderful Laura Munson. Also, uh, Britt Bennett, who I interviewed a couple months back, uh, the number one New York Times bestselling literary writer. Well, she is going to be the keynote, and I guess I'll be there for that as well, Uh, maybe asking her a few questions and sort of hosting that. So, you know. Check it out. Hope you're going to be there. I don't know what, it, you know, you, you kind of see each other at these virtual conferences. You do if you stop into the same virtual room. Uh, if you're going to be at the Alaska Writers Conference, I'll be there as well, teaching uh, fearless writing. I'll be there, you know, virtually again, teaching fearless writing and fearless marketing. So uh, wherever you are, I hope I see, maybe I see you at both places. Maybe you're really ambitious. You go to two conferences same weekend. Hey, you never know. Anyway, if you want to learn more about the PNWA, you can go to pnwa.org. Yes, that's what you can do. So yeah, here we go. Another great suspense writer, man. I get so many good suspense writers on this show. And Brad, I'm so glad I got him on. Brad Parks. He is, this is true now, he is the only writer to have won the Seamus, Nero, and Lefty Awards, three of American crime fiction's most prestigious prizes. His novels have been translated into 15 languages and have won critical acclaim across the globe, including stars from every major pre-publication review outlet. He's a graduate of Dartmouth College, and he's a former journalist with the Washington Post and the Newark, New Jersey Star Ledger. And he's Oh, and he's got a brand new book out, just came out this month, called Interference. It's fascinating, highly readable, of course. He's here to talk about it and all the other things in his life. Brad, welcome to the show. Bill, good to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Um, you forgot to mention I can also juggle and catch grapes in my mouth. Ah, uh, but other hey than that, I, I think you've covered everything I've ever done. I can juggle too. Not great. I can only do three balls, but I can do three balls. Now, the grapes in your mouth, does somebody else have to throw them? Or is it part of the juggling I mean, Obviously, I, I, can, I can throw them myself, uh, but that, that's kind of 
less challenging. It's it's better when you have somebody else throw them. But but yeah, you know, we all have to have. Uh, I call them our Rain Man talents. You know, those yes. talents that are just you know bizarre and kind of inexplicable. And mine yes. is that I catch grapes in my mouth. Uh, so yeah, if, if we happen to see each other, maybe like across a parking lot, we need to stay distance and everything like that. You if you toss a grape in the air, chances are pretty good I'm going to be able to catch it. You're like a trained seal. But you can also you can you can sing, can't you, Brad? You like to sing a little. I. I <laughs> Is it true? I can sing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I do love to sing. Um, yeah. So like, uh, for example, uh, last week, I, I finally sent my kids off to school for the first time in six months, whatever it was. They go wow. to this yeah. little tiny school yeah. where all the children have to wear masks. And yeah. uh, not that I haven't just loved having my children in the next room <laughs> while I'm trying to write. But uh, sending them off to school that, that first morning made me sing, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling and everything's going my way. Um, but uh, thank you. Very nice. Very good. <laughs> The, the only problem with that is trying to uh, pick a key out of the air sometimes, and, and yeah. things can go terribly awry. I, but uh, I, You know what? I've been trying to teach myself to sing recently, so I, I understand. I was a, spent years thinking I couldn't sing for anything, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. So that's uh, – I, under, I understand. Start in the wrong place. So, all right. So, Brad, writing. About writing. Uh, sure. Yes, about writing. Oh, yeah. Let's hear. We're here to talk about that. So journalism is where it's started is this correct like right. that was your first professional correct. writing and were you doing I, uh, that straight yes. out of college oh i was doing that well before college uh i, mm. I got my first job when i was 14 years old what? Uh, i always say I, I got into writing for the money and the sex uh because it <laughs> was this um it was, I, I answered an ad in my weekly hometown paper uh and the job it paid 50 cents a column inch which meant i could i could get paid more money to write for the local paper than i could babysitting and it involved covering the Ridgefield High School girls basketball team, which um, hey, Bill, at hey, the age of hey, 14, exactly. I was, I was, I, I didn't uh, like, I was kind of, I was, I was short. I was pudgy. My voice hadn't changed yet. Like no. I didn't have a lot going for me, but I figured right. like if I was the guy who could put these girls names in the paper, they yeah. would have to talk to me and yeah. then I would be able to get dates. And like, this was my, my genius foolproof plan. Did that seriously come into the calculation? Did that seriously oh, absolutely. into the calculation? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Come on. I, I, I was a 14-year-old nerd. I was going to do anything I could to try and get a date. Oh, um, this so was, funny. of course, when I first learned that um, uh, you know, not all of my writing goals would be achieved in this life, right. uh, which is an important right. thing to learn early on, I think. Yeah, but, but I'm sorry. You're 14 and someone's paying you money to write. See Pretty that cool. I think psychologically, that has a huge effect because you it begins demystifying it just a little bit, right? It starts feeling like just another job yeah. you could do. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and um, and it, it kind of just it, it. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly, Bill. Like you know, when I look at, but really? yeah, like writing is is what I do for money. I mean, it, it you know, and it really, um, uh, and and I think being a journalist really did that. More than anything, you know, because for, oh gosh, up until I was 34, I was a I was a full time journalist. So I was, you know, writing okay. novels in the morning and and being a journalist. But like, as a journalist, you know, you don't get to go and say, you know what, um, editor, 
I don't feel like writing a story today. I'm not inspired to go cover that fire or that murder or that baseball. Right. Like, no, right. It's, it's not really an option. Like, you go no matter how you feel, no matter, you know, whether you're up or you're down or you're left or you're right. And, you, you know, you go and you write. Um, yeah. You know, and it was – and the, the lesson you take out of that, of course, is that, you know, once, once you get into it and the, the muscles kick in, you know, I always say, uh, you know, by the end of the book, I never knew whether at word 45,000 I was feeling like writing that day or I was, you know, it, no, was like, you know. it all kind of smooths out. So I, I think journalism taught me that to really to treat it like a job. Um, and, and yes, it's an art, but it's also a craft. And so if it's a craft, just get your butt to work. Well, I'll tell you, I tell my students, and I don't say this to brag, but this is just the, the kind of psychological reality of writing. I write every day and I am never actually in the mood at the moment I sit down. Like that's not, <laughs> right. you know, and that, but, I, but that's seriously, like I have to find that every day. And it doesn't yeah. take me yeah. long usually, but if you are waiting to be in the mood, it can, it, you can undo yourself believing that you should, you know, that you're going to be ready to go at that moment. I'm just not at yeah. that moment, yeah. even though I'm there at the same time every single morning, you know? Uh, so before the uh, before the pandemic, uh, I always used to write at a Hardee's restaurant, which I, I don't what? think they have in the Pacific Northwest. Hardee's, yes. Uh, yes. I think in the in, in in the West, it's oh, you do have Hardee's out there. Well, no, I grew up in Rhode Island, and I believe we have Hardee we had Hardee's out there. So it's it's a, you know it's a fast food burger chain. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and they are famous. So it's it's more prevalent in the Southeast. I think out West it's known as Carl's Jr., but it's the same idea. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. One of the things that that Hardee's is famous for is their biscuits, right? And oh, the boy. biscuit maker yeah. gets there every morning at four o'clock to start making the biscuits, right? And I uh -huh. typically would get to my Hardee's and the Hardee's just sort of became my, my, my writing place about, about six o'clock in the morning, right? So I'm, I'm already lazy compared to the biscuit maker. And right. yeah, I always just say to myself, like, the biscuit maker never says, I don't feel like making biscuits today. Yeah, you know, but, they, wait, they wait. make the damn yeah, biscuits. But making a biscuit, look, I, here's the thing. I, this is another thing I, I tell my students is like I used to I made a living bartending and waiting tables for a while and I could make mm. a living. I could do a fine job as a waiter if I wasn't in, in the mood and I never had to be in the mood. I could just do it. I could kind of like chop wood. But right, for writing right. at some point I had to get in the groove. I couldn't just fake it. Sure. At least I can't. I can't fake it. Maybe you can, Brad, but I don't think it's possible to fake it with writing. <laughs> I don't think it is. Not no, I think, it, I think it shows. But I, I, but I, I think the main point is to, to not treat yourself like you're so precious, right? Yes. To, to not yes. – to, to not – yes, to, you, you use the word demystify or mystify, whichever yeah. ver version of that demystify, you use. Like I yeah. think you do have to demystify the process a little bit. Um, and, you know, and don't get me wrong. There are parts of writing that are truly special and magical. You know, the where did that idea actually come from? Where did that character, how was that character created? Where did that, you know, like all that, you know, and some of that you'll never be able to answer, you won't know. You know, but a lot of that mystical stuff still does come from the very simple act of putting your ass in the chair and putting your hands on the keyboard and getting to work. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, and, and when what's more, when you do that, I always find that, you know, so you, 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 sure, let's just say you have to force yourself to write every day, right? right? But when you do that, you eventually do get yourself into a groove. Uh, by the way, you have to keep the internet off. You have to stay off your phone. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you all those lectures, but they're very yeah. important. But so, you know, eventually you get into the groove, and you kind of got to drag yourself in kicking and streaming, but you get there. But then the magical thing is, you know, however long you last in the chair. And I'm like, four hours is, is about max. Yeah, Later that time. day, 
you know, that's it. Yeah. And that's, you know, the words stop making sense and I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. done. but later that day, if I have been engaged in my story, I am working out other aspects of my story, yeah. right? Like the, yeah. the, 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 the solutions come to me, the, the problems don't seem so daunting versus if I haven't forced myself to get into that mood, chances are later in the day, I'm not going to have that little bit of magic. Yeah. So it, it all does start with that act of discipline. And I, and I talk a lot to writers about, about discipline and about grit and about saying like, I am a hard worker and making that kind of part of your mantra, right? Uh, right. Where like nobody, nobody, nobody says you're going to be able to be a doctor and just be lazy, right? And, and sit on right. the couch and not, no, no, you have to work very hard to become a doctor. Well, why should it be any less demanding to become an author, right? Why should right. we expect less of ourselves? Um, you know, because by the way, there are a lot fewer people in the world who can make a living as an author than make living as doctors. So, you know, yes. this, this is a hard thing and we should expect hard work out of ourselves. Sorry, Bill, you're getting me wound no, up no, no. already. This no, is no, a, it's good. This is a, a favorite this is what topic it's about. of mine. This is, this is what this conversation's about is, is, is what does it take for a person because the thing is, is that, so you're a journalist, right? Now, the, the thing about it being a journalist is, yeah, you got to do it every day, but someone says, Brad, go do that. Right. And when you come back, I need 800 words. Boom. But you're being assigned things. You're, you're being told what to write. Now, you're at the point in your career where you get a, where you probably have to hand in ideas to your editor and, and maybe they clear it. I don't know. But, you know, you're kind of at this point. Well, so I haven't, on a, Bill, I have, I have not been a journalist since 2008. Uh, I, I've right, been I mean, a full-time author your publishing editor, you know, maybe you have, oh, right. A, a, right. You know, maybe you're on some kind of a deadline with them, but the thing right, is, right, right. it comes from you, you know, it, yeah. it, you are the, you are the, the idea factory and it's so self-motivated and it's just a different, it's, it's such a different, in fact, when I coach people, I just have to teach them that discipline. It's like, you're not going out to a job now where someone's going to be there to help get you to right. do something. It's all coming from you. And that psychologically is not easy for a lot of people. Just that, that it's all coming from. Yeah, them. no, I, I always, I, I get jealous of people who will say, you know, who have like kind of ordinary big boy, big girl jobs, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. they say, Oh, yeah. all I, all I did today was put out fires. And I think right. to myself, you lucky son of a gun, because all I ever do is I have to start the fire every single damn day. Yeah. I have to start the fire. I wish somebody else. Sorry, I shouldn't use fire metaphors in the Pacific right, Northwest. Right, right. I realize yeah. right now that's a little tender, but, but yeah. it's still, it's true. You know, but the thing is, that's, that's a muscle too. I, I really do believe that, Bill, like the, the, yeah. the oh, having yeah. ideas and, and the thinking about that. And like, so actually uh, an author friend of mine, uh, Jamie Mason, who's absolutely a wonderful writer. You should have her on the show sometime. You know, I may have it. I don't even remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad this is meaningful to you, Bill, that in a year this, this conversation will still be imprinted in your brain. <laughs> but she, she was challenged by her agent to do some absurd number of book ideas. It was, you know, it was like a hundred book ideas or something like wow. that, that she had to do in two weeks. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Right. Okay. And so she just started like throwing the ideas out there. And she said she was kind of amazed of like when she was forced to really work that, you know, okay, yeah, you're, you're coming up with 100 ideas. But by the way, if two of those are good, you're set for a long yeah. time, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I always, I always say I get, I, I get about 10 ideas for a book a week and 11 of them are bad. Um, but, you know, every once in a while you get one that isn't bad, right? You and, get, that, you know, and uh, you get one good you, idea I, for a book every week, you're cooking, baby. 
Oh yeah, me? well that's what I'm saying. You don't. But like, but, I always like most of my bad ideas. I forget pretty quickly, you know. Sure. But then there's that one that sticks with you, right? That right. one that you kind of keep coming back to, and you, that's the one you end up writing. Yeah. No, so this is so uh, it was Raoul Dahl, the the great um, young adult author, children's book author, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, blah blah blah. Um, James and the Giant Peach. He talked about you have to sniff around an idea for a little while before you decide mm. it's worth going after. And so talk to me about knowing, because I, I, I totally understand this, and I've really had to teach myself to be more disciplined about sniffing around ideas before I dive in, to decide that, you know, I think this is this has got some, because you have to, you have to know, like, there's some, there's more, there's something deeper in your interest in that idea. Uh, right. So talk to me about how you know, like, yeah, that's something that's going to be worth a year of my attention. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and I really, I do believe in yet you do kind of have to have a lot of ideas rolling around in your head Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they're, they're like in various phases of fermentation. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, and kind of like if you, if you give them that time to steep, sorry, I'm mixing my metaphors. I'm I'm, I'm making booze. I'm making tea. I'm all over the place. (laughs) But, um, but, you know, I I really do think that like, you're kind of like working on them all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. then every once in a while you, again, it's the ideas you come back to. That and every time when you come back to it, it gets a little larger, and it, you know it kind of you know it gains some mass, it gains some mass, and then then it becomes this like big thing that you're like God, I just, I just have to write that book someday. Um, right. So I think I right. think it's a, it's a gradual process, and yeah, I, I've I have very seldom uh, it's it's happened now and again that I you know just start cold on a book that I just thought of, and like right. boom, I'm I'm gonna write that. You know, most of my ideas are things that have kind of been rolling around in my head for a few years. Uh, right. And that have finally, you know, attained that critical mass. That all right, it's it's time to start working on that one. Right. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. It sounds about right that you feel like, yeah, now it's time. It just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back. Right. Just, just kind of won't go. Away. Now, the most current book, which yeah, as so actually, I this, mentioned, is, this is a good subway segue. Yeah. Though, believe it or not, like the, the the current book is exactly one of those books. Uh, for the, me, the one uh, that you know because, that, that hung around in your head for a couple of years before you yeah. finally wrote it. Yeah, so the the book is called Interference uh, for those yep. in the listening audience who don't know, and um, it is it is a book where one of the star players is quantum physics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't, don't don't be scared, author people. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. we're gonna be all right, and we'll hold your hand and get through it. But um, that was a book that I had actually, in in varying forms, I had kind of approached it uh, at least three other times, uh, and I know this because I would go back and look at my notes. Of like, oh yeah, that was that time that I started to try to write that book and it just didn't work out. Oh, that was that time. You're like, because I had this, you know, this file of of physics books that I would read, and uh-huh. I, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that was the that was the time in 2013 when I tried it. There's the time in 2015 right. when I tried it, and there, you know, but um, it was a book where I think for a long time I had been trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to fit my book to the science? How am I going to fit my book to the science? And then I finally right. got this brainstorm. No, 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 no. I'll fit the science to my book. Oh. Like that's a oh. much better way to True. do it. And then you, know, you have that Excellent. little brainstorm. Yeah, you have that little brainstorm, and suddenly you're off and running. And so this is about this is about um, was it, it's entanglement? Is it quantum entanglement? What's the actual term yeah, for it? Yeah. So actually, the 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 actual principle I, that we delve into uh, yeah. is quantum entanglement, which and I've always thought is, is so freaking cool. Every the moment I heard about it, I thought I'm all on board with this because it's so oh, it's it's beyond goofy as hell. It's weird and wonderful. 
Yeah. yeah, so for those who don't know, it is basically every now and then two particles can be born entangled. And when that happens, you can separate them by any distance you want to, and they remain coordinated with each other, where you do something to one particle, and the other immediately signals that it feels it, no matter right. how far apart they may have traveled, yeah. right? So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's this crazy concept um, that, yeah. by the way, has been proven experimentally beyond the shadow of a doubt, right? Like right. Um, when, when this was first theorized, Einstein thought it was garbage, you know, because yeah, you have yeah. this interaction that seems to be happening faster than the speed of light because it's instantaneous, right? right? And right. he's like, well, nothing can be happening faster than the speed of light. Right. Well, it turns out Einstein was wrong. Entanglement is real. And so the, the what if that drives this book, um, and this is admittedly the me fitting my si the science to the book part, right. is, okay, so if, if we can have particles be entangled, by the way, experimentally, we've shown that systems of particles can be entangled, molecules Ooh. can be entangled. Yeah. If all Ooh. that is true... What about human beings? Why not, baby? Being entangled, right? You know, and haven't we all, Bill, felt that sense of like being of so connected with someone, right? Like it's twin sense, or it's you know, uh, you know, people who who suddenly realize something bad has happened to their lover or their sister or their best friend or, or whatever. Like, d like, don't we kind of intrinsically know that that, that this is kind of possible in human beings? Yeah. So it's yeah. exploring that idea, the the entanglement of human beings that may be possible. See. I happen to love this for a lot of levels. I'm kind of a mystical guy. And also there's something about the writing process. I know, I know it's work and I know it's craft. You got to get your butt, blah, blah, blah. But on some level, you have to give over that there's something happening mm. that you're not really in charge. I submit I, I, yep. it this way. I cannot, you know who the, the songwriter Lou Reed is? You familiar with of Lou course, Reed? He of wrote, right. I saw him interviewed by, by Elvis Costello before Lou Reed passed away. And he started talking about songwriting. And he said, here's the thing. He said, when a song is coming to me, I know how to write a song. He said, but when the song <laughs> isn't coming to me. But this is, this is the second part. This is really true. He said, but when a song is not coming to me, I could no more write a song as build a car. And I really got yeah. it. It's like, I know what to do with something when I've been given it. But I, don't, I can't manufacture what is given to me. I know how to open myself right. up to let it in. And I know that sounds kind of woo-woo for some people. It but does I don't sound know kind of woo-woo, but it's, actually uh, Bill, I, I feel you, man. It's, I think it's so true. Like I, I can yeah. always remember back when I was a, a no-nonsense journalist where right. you know, everything had to be double-sourced and backed up with documents. Right. And I would hear right. fiction people say this. You know, they'd, you yeah. know, they would always be, I'd be at some conference where there happened to be a fiction writer, and, you know, and, and somebody would raise their hand and would say, oh, esteemed person of letters, how right. do you know what happens next in your book? And the esteemed person of letters would always say, well, the characters tell me what's going to happen That's next, right? right? And, I'd, right. and I'd always think to myself, yeah. Do your characters tell you you're a nutbag? Because that's right. what you sound like um, right now. Yeah, you see. And then I started writing fiction, and Bill, yes, right. I, they started talking to me, man. Uh, of they course, did. I, I'm it's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and, I, 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 I even like I remember the first scene where it happened, and this is a, a series that I I wrote. Uh, I had six books in this series about an investigative newspaper reporter, of course, and um, where I I actually had him, and this is all set in inner city Newark, and in order to convince these gang members that he was not a member of law enforcement. He had to smoke marijuana with them. Now this was back when marijuana was illegal, of course. Right, so fine. Right. So I have this basically straight laced reporter guy smoking marijuana. Right? right. And then I'm like, okay, well this scene is over and it's time to get up and move him to the next scene. So come on. And he's, he's sitting no. in the chair and he's looking at me like, no man, no. I'm, I'm staying here for a while. I got to say something. 
I got I got some munchies. Do you have any? Yeah. Do you, have any you know, and it's like wow. It's like you know, I'm like no. His name was Carter Ross. Carter, come on, get up. We're going. And well, the next thing I know, he's stumbling all over the room. He's slamming into walls. He, you know, and it's like, wow, yeah, the the woo woo stuff is real. Like these are yeah. once you once you and and I, I'm even still fascinated by this. And 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 tell me if you've experienced this too, Bill. But I'll be I'll be writing a scene and it's just not working and it's not working yeah. and it's not working. And what the hell is going on? I'm a professional, yeah. gosh darn writer. Right. I should be able to right. write this dang scene. And right. inevitably, it is because I am making a character do something. Yeah. Do not want to yes. do that is yep. not natural to them. That is that is serving yeah. my needs or the story's yeah. needs, but it's not serving their needs. That's and right. like it's and then and, and once I figure that out, the scene goes fine. But, but man, right. when you're trying to force it, it just doesn't. Yes. Right. And you, now we both sound have, like we need to be committed, Bill. No, but you know what? I'm sick of that. I don't need because this is the truth. This is just practical. That as a writer, one of the things you have to learn to do is the dip. Understand the difference between. The effort required to force a character to do something. I write a lot of memoir now or, or try and force a story to, to focus on a certain aspect of the story that I don't want or to force a word into a sentence. And the effortlessness of the thing the character wants to do, the effortlessness of the mm. story as it wants to be told. You're always, and, you, and the quicker you can recognize the difference between resistance and effortlessness, the quicker your work goes. And I had tried forcing many things, and it's painful, and you feel like a, I feel like a, a failure and like I can't do it. And it's all because I'm trying to make the thing do something it doesn't want to do. Oh, it's all about yeah, it, baby. Yeah. It's the whole deal. Yeah, so, and, and so you learned that you do how have to, early yes, on. You, yeah, you, and you do have to novel. give yourself over to it. Like, oh, say again? Was it so? Well, no, no. Tell me. So you you have to give yourself over to it. Talk about that. Oh yeah, no. I think I think you have to become comfortable with it. And and honestly, I was not at first, right? Because yeah. I was a journalist. I I wanted to be yeah. in control. And and it's yeah. been you know this uh, interference is my tenth novel. And slowly, I've kind of realized that I am I am I am walking the high wire, and I've got no net, and that's just yeah. going to be every novel, right? Yeah. And you just got to yeah. go with it, you know. And you yeah. put one foot in front of another. And like, yeah, you're going to fall sometimes, and that's part of it too. And um, but but like, kind of trusting in the process and trusting in the characters, and that that if you listen to the characters, like your your best twists and your best surprises, and those those really gratifying, wonderful, awesome things that happen in a novel, almost always happen when you listen to the characters. Yep. Yep. I, I, you know, like I said, I write a lot of memoir and personal essays. So I'm writing about stuff that happened to me. But if, mm. if I'm not discovering, if I'm not being surprised, even by stuff that I'm writing about my own life, then it doesn't work. I always am going yeah. for the surprise, even in my own life. It's this, the, the surprise is where the real juice is, I think. That's where yeah. the real creativity yeah. comes in. Absolutely. In fact, here's something interesting. I just listened to John Lennon being interviewed, an old interview of his, and it was, he, is, he was back in the studio, and he said, you know, the, the thing about songwriting that I like, he said, I like the first time we put the song down and lay it down, and that's fun, you know, hearing the band. He said, but the real juice is when the song comes to me and I'm being inspired. Mm. He said, that's when I feel like I'm 15 again. That's when I feel like yeah. I'm, this is why I'm doing it. It's when it comes to him. And he had the same kind of language as Lou Reed does. And it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. Well, uh, and it's, you know, to me, it's, it's all about energy, right? And it's all about when am I bringing the most energy to the page? And right. when, cause I, I really believe that, that readers feel that energy. Yep. And now again, I'm sounding mystical woo woo. No, but, no. But it's like yeah. when you are when you are jazzed when you're writing about it, when you're excited, like I. And this is where okay, we started off with the fact that I sing, you know, where I think writing and performing are very very similar. 
in yep. that like you, yep. you have to be attuned to your audience at all times. And when yep. you're turned on, when you are feeling it, they will feel it too. And that's whether you're on the stage or whether you're on the page. Yeah, absolutely. I did some theater for a little while and uh, I like, and I still like speaking to audiences, you know, groups and you have to show up and be present when you act, obviously, even if you're doing the same role mm -hmm. again and again. And when you're speaking to people, and I feel the same way with writing, I have to be present. I have to let my, I have to be really present with whatever's happening. I can't be thinking about the past or the future or the bills or politics or sports, blah, blah, blah. I've got to just be present with what happens there and if, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And that's, it's the same thing with, I think when they talk about stage presence, I think that's kind of what it mm. is. It's like, you're there. You're all there. Right. You're not, you're, you're, you're you are wandering. fully inhabiting the role, yes. the person, the, you know, and in this the case, whatever. you know, yes, as an author, you're fully, fully inhabiting the page. Yeah. You're fully invested in the story. And, and, and the thing about writing fiction is that that thing you're writing is more real to you at that moment, whatever's happening outside on the street. It's more real to you. It has Lord to be willing. at that moment in a way more real than anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth, baby. Um, yeah, that's no, how you do I'm, it. I'm totally with you. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, Bill, this is, this is also it. easy. All, all, this is all they have to do, and, uh, right. and then they'll have wonderful novels. That's right. Well, so let's say people want to learn more about Brad Parks. Uh, well, they can buy your books wherever, I'm sure, but if they want to just – maybe they want you to come talk to their writing group, or they just – I don't know. They just want to learn what's the best way to, to get to reach or learn more about you, Brad. For sure. So I am on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Brad Parks Books. I am on Twitter at Brad underscore Parks. I am on the internet at www.bradparksbooks.com. Or if, you know, if people have survived uh, half an hour into a podcast, I, I think I could just say my email address. It's fine. Uh, if you send an email to Brad at bradparksbooks.com, uh, you will get me answering. And I love to hear from people, especially now, Bill, because yeah. as you can probably tell, I'm an extrovert, and this damn <laughs> pandemic is killing me. Okay, like yeah. I just, I need people to talk to. I need, yeah. I need, to, I need to interact. I need to, you know, because that's, uh, you know, for me, that's where a lot of the energy comes from. Right? Is right. is is bouncing things off people. Is is talking with readers. Is you know, just yeah. having that that wonderful interaction where yeah. I may be asking them stories about their lives or things like that. Little do they know, or perhaps they do know, I am going to be stealing what they say right. and and using it in a in a future novel. Like I, I'm shameless about that, and I I always inform uh, my friends and family like if you do not want to see it in a novel someday, <laughs> don't, don't tell, tell me. me. Okay, That's just right. don't tell me because I'm not I'm not gonna if it's a good story i'm not gonna be able to resist using it like i'll change right. the details it, it, it will not feel exactly like your story but uh but yeah I, I i i thrive on that stuff all right i got one more question for you brad sure before i let you go and what i'd like you to do is finish this sentence if mm. writing has taught you anything it's taught you what it has taught me the power of persistence bill uh yeah. like i i really do believe that um you know, the, this writing thing, is it's, nobody masters it quickly, or, right. or if they think they have, they're probably doing it wrong. Um, yeah. And that, that writing is, is really about um, trying to make it so, and it depends on where you are in the writing process, right? But, but especially if you're early on, you should be looking at things you wrote a year ago or two years ago and say, that is utter crap. 
thank God I'm so much better now, right? And that's, right. I think that's the goal throughout the life of a writer, to be, able, to be able to always look back at your old stuff and say, God, that's garbage. I do so much better now. Um, right. And I think, the, yeah, the only way you do that is to, is to keep at it and to, yeah. to pour that energy in every single day. I mean, it, but this is one of the good things about what we do, Bill, is, is like we're never, uh, you know, I, I think until a, a fiction writer uh, gets so old and senile that they can no longer make sense of the words, like we're always improving. Right. And we're yeah. and we're like that better book is still always out there. Um, yeah. And I and I love that fact. I, I think that like I'm I'm 46 years old and I feel like I'm nowhere near my prime as a fiction no. author. You just and, get started. Um, and yeah, exactly. And, and it's exciting thinking that that all still lies ahead. That's great. Thank you so much, Brad. Congratulations on the book and on all the others that are forthcoming, I'm sure. Bill, thanks very much. Great having a great being on with you. Oh, you're very welcome. That's it, people. Persistence. Stay with it. Stay with it. It just gets better and better and better. It does. It does indeed. I will be back again next week uh, with some fabulous guests. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries, and to all of you out there. Uh, hey, voting has started. Go get it. My Brad himself, yeah, he came from Virginia, and so he started voting. So if you can do it, do it. Do it. Yes, indeed. And go find something you love and do that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.